the global co-working and conference community, we've had our fingers on the pulse of co-working since 2012, and we've connected thousands of operators, both in person and online. On the Juicy Podcast, we talk with the people making it happen day in and day out. Let's get to it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Juicy Podcast. I have got a special treat for us today. Claire Carpenter is joining us. Claire, great to see Hello. you. How are you? I'm brilliant. I am. Brilliant. I want and I want to know how you are as a human, not your business for a second. How are you as a human? Yeah, I'm feeling great. I have to say I'm feeling totally loved up. This is uh, not how I felt a few uh, a few weeks ago, but right now I'm feeling really good. Yeah. Well, I am glad. I'm glad there's been a massive shift. So there was a big announcement yesterday. Can you share that with our audience? Yeah. For So yesterday we publicly announced that I'm standing down as CEO of the Melting Pot, which is Scotland's Centre of Social Innovation. And that's been after, well, 18 years of delivery and a couple of years of thinking about it in the first place. So I no longer have to hold that central leadership position, holding the future, holding the past, holding the present. And I still get to be part of the family of the organisation that I love so dearly and the team that I love. So yeah, I'm feeling really happy. And the reason I, love so I got so many messages of like congratulations and support and you're amazing. I feel my endorphin, endorphins and dopamine are high. I love it. Well, I mean, you spent 18 years building this amazing community and really giving back in a massive way. And even though maybe your role has changed, that doesn't ever change. Like you have left an indelible mark in that community and that's got to feel great. Yeah. It is. It is great. And the thing about leadership is that, you know, they always say, oh, leadership's a lonely role and all of that lot. But, you know, it's when you leave. It's really interesting. When you leave the role, people give you a slap on the back and they're like, oh, you've done mm-hmm. a great job there. But my, my recommendation to all those people out there who are working with leaders is give them a slap on the back while they're doing the mm-hmm. hard job. Because you know, we care. I care about the the organization and my team and the community that I've worked with. And all the messages that I've had in the last 24 hours have taken me back to different parts of the last 20 years. You know, I've been able, in my mind's eye, I can witness different people, different places, different interactions. And uh, yeah, that's it's been a very interesting process. And we weren't anticipating recording this when that announcement was out. Right. That's the way that it's fallen. But yeah, I feel really good. And old. I feel old. (laughs) (laughs) So I have a rule, even though I am aging, I don't Uh ever refer to myself as the dreaded OLD because I think you're as young as you are in your mind. Yeah. Well, thankfully, I'm not five because that would be quite young. I don't know. I I love my age. I'm going to be 50 this year and I'm proud of that. And it's a moment. It's a marker. I'm really. Um, uh, yeah, it's a big number. Oh, and Claire, you're oh. probably halfway, girl. With the, with your amazing physical strength, you're halfway. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this year and all it's got in it professionally and personally. And you do definitely look at life a little bit differently as you get older. And you, mm-hmm. you know that there's less time rather than more time ahead. And then that makes you think, well, what do I want to do with that time now? Yeah. What's important yeah. now? And those priorities shift. But also, you've you've got experience on your side. There's no there's no easy way to get experience. You just have to go out and live mm-hmm. and learn and love and fight and battle your way through the things that matter to you. And yeah, learn, learn. 
Yeah, yeah. I was reflecting this morning when I was doing my exercises because I'm trying to get into, you know, January, trying to do those exercises yeah, in the yeah. morning. And with climbing, you know that I'm a climber. And with climbing, you've got to do muscle resistance to build up the, the capability of the muscles to take strain. And I think leadership, I was reflecting, leadership is just like that. And leading mm-hmm. an organization, being an entrepreneur, you've just got to hang on in long enough and you're going to get pumped out. It's going to feel strenuous and stressful. And you've got to hang on in and shake it out and get a breather mm. every now and then, come down for a rest and then get back on it. You know, so that's so funny. One of the questions I wrote down was what has climbing taught you about entrepreneurship? Oh, well, I definitely know that lots of social entrepreneurs who come from an environmental and outdoor educator background, you know, adventurous people, risk taking people. And I think what you get, what climbing and other adventurous activities teach you is that it's okay to not know where you're going entirely mm. and have the destination in mind and to be problem solving and on your feet and working things out as you go along. And that actually, you know, the cloud, you know, again, all the metaphors, the clouds come in and they obscure your view. You lose your map. Mm. You've lost your waterproof. Shit happens. How are you going to deal with it? That's what matters. And I think yeah. that adventurous people, and risk-taking people. I don't mean scary risks, calculated risks. Climbing mm-hmm. is definitely a calculated risk sport. Mm-hmm. And that's what you learn. That's the that's the balance between being an entrepreneur and being a, an adventurer. Yeah, I think what's interesting about a climb is there's always like a summit, right? And I feel mm-hmm. like with, with entrepreneurship, I don't know if I ever reach the summit. Like, you know, it's just, it's, there's always another goal. There's always more I can do. And I think that's part of what's so hard about it is like, it never turns off. I mean, I'm constantly waking up and my first thought is work, which I hate because I want my first thought to be like about my morning and about meditation and about a higher power and things like that. And, and I don't like work to be my higher power. So Mm -hmm. like, how do you like, keep grounded more metaphors when the summit's ever changing Hmm. i think it's about going on the journey just to stay on metaphors you know (laughs) there are many summits and yeah there's many summits to go and explore on your entrepreneurial journey and it is important to remember to block time out in the calendar to have the holiday where you just stay at base camp Mm. you don't go anywhere you just eat extra food take stock you know put your feet in the river you do the things that uh, that bring you peace and calm and make you grounded and like yeah keep on keep on exploring and sometimes it's okay to go I don't want to go out the tent today it's fine mm-hmm. you know yeah why do you have to get out every day you don't you have to be in it for the long run as an entrepreneur it is not an easy thing being a successful business person you can't be in it for the short term it has to be the long haul and I was also thinking when you started that you know you don't want your first thought to be about work but why not because actually if work is our passion and as an entrepreneur, there has to be a passion for work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Otherwise, go get a job. Go get a job, people. Find you know, make <laughs> passion a hobby. If you're not if you're not passionate about your enterprise, then you're in the wrong business. But uh, so yeah, if work isn't one of your one of your first thoughts when you're waking up, how how could you better make it sit that the things that you love to bring to life in the world through your skill set, through your entrepreneurial hours, through those work hours. Yeah. How do you make that of value to you and your and your community through your business? 
Well, I, I loved nice. what, yeah, I loved what you said. I had such a visual of putting your feet in the river and like, it actually made me just like exhale a little bit. And like, that's like, it's such a good reminder. Like we talk so much about mental health and part of it is just stepping away and making sure that you do take your vacation. Whenever people are like, oh, I never take all my vacation. I'm like, you fool. Yeah, you like, fool. You're never getting those days back. No, no. And, you know, I know for me, it takes me a few days to decompress, to even get in vacation mode. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, and I think that decompression time and, and you don't have to go fight the fight every single day. And sometimes the best thing you can do is nothing. Do nothing. Yeah. Doing nothing isn't doing nothing, though, is it? Doing nothing is resting, it's recovering, it's processing, it's thinking, it's breathing, it's eating, it's sleeping. It's not doing nothing. Mm -hmm. We're only doing nothing when we're dead. Yeah. So I know you've taken on a different role, and I know you do a lot of coaching and mentoring. So I'm wondering if you can tell us about like what the future holds for you these days, and where's the next summit? Well, I'm delighted that I get to stay part of the Melting Pot business family, like my team, uh, I get to be the granny and not the mother, as it were, in this next phase. Um, my lovely colleague, Helen and uh, Jenny, they continue to be part of the senior team and Helen stepped up as CEO. So I get to be, I suppose, three things really for the melting pot. I get to be its ambassador. That means doing what I love, going out, meeting people, talking about the business, the experience, sharing my knowledge and expertise and looking out for opportunities, you know, that business development role. What else can we do at Scotland Centre for Social Innovation to make social impact? How do we use our co-working hub? How do we use our incubation program to help people with good ideas, uh, to, to help them make those ideas happen? How do we help placemakers make their places happen? Um, so I get to be ambassador, business development, mentor and guide to my colleagues and to members of our community um, and consultant. And in reality, you know, we've got a lot of skills and experience to be able to share with other people who are interested in in placemaking and making social impact. So what projects could we get involved in next? Uh, So that's on the melting pot side. And on the personal side, um, over the last few years, I've been coaching one-to-one, and I really enjoy that form of in-depth support and that relationship you can build with another individual, uh, whether that's a personal or professional, it doesn't really matter. Coaching's coaching. Mm-hmm. So it's a professional mindset that they're trying to look at. But how do you help people along their way in life? And then just because I am an entrepreneur and I can't help myself, I bought a camper van a couple of years ago in one of the lockdowns and to prototype living remote in a van being an adventure you're always away from home mm-hmm. so one take the home with you you've seen my van so this year we're going to be renting out that camper van mm-hmm. my, partner's, my partner's building a new camper van that has air conditioning because i plan to spend more time in southern <laughs> europe <laughs> and you need air conditioning in southern europe you don't need it in scotland where i am right so yeah developing hustles basically for the I melting pot and for myself and getting out climbing yeah yeah where is it would you have any huge um summits planned for this year it's well for me climbing is not about particular summits it's Mm -hmm. um a a quality and standard of climbing so Mm. i'm looking 
I'm looking to comfortably regularly climb a grade called E1 before I'm mm-hmm. 50. I've started doing that, although I've been climbing over 30 years. I think it's 35 years now. But E1 is is a very proficient climbing grade, but really it's about having a KPI that is I've got mm-hmm. enough time, I'm not carrying too much weight, my mind is in a state where it can take the stress of climbing and focus. Mm-hmm. It's a good KPI climbing at that grade. And it gives me quality time with nice people in beautiful places. So yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. vividly remember. I think it was Mount Blanc that you mm. were climbing. Was that last year or the year before? Yeah, no. Last summer I was in Chamonix and could see Mont Blanc. I didn't climb Mont Blanc, but I was in the areas of, um, in the valley opposite. Beautiful place, stunning. So beautiful. But like, yeah. I never planned on going there. And after seeing your photos, I was like, I need to make it there. Oh, there's so many places in Europe to go and see and do. And that's why I've got. A, we're getting another camper van. We're going to go and yeah, why not do work? promote you know if you can go and visit all the co-working friends I've made over Europe uh go see some of those on the trail go see beautiful places Uh, I mean I think that's that's always been one of my favorite things about co-working is I can land in any city in the world and go find my people to co-working space Absolutely. Hey, hey, breaking in here to make sure that you're in the know. Our annual workspace conference, Juicy, is right around the corner. It's a three-day program taking place in Chicago, April 19th through the 21st. This year's event is going to be packed with amazing speakers, exciting panel discussions, and fireside chats, plus plenty of after-hours events for networking. Whether you're a co-working operator, landlord, or vendor, just interested in the future of work, this conference has something for you. It's divided into tracks so that you can attend the sessions that are most relevant to you right here, right now. Mark your calendars, April 19th through the 21st and don't miss out on this opportunity to connect with others, learn from the best, and be a part of the co-working revolution. The content is great, but the people are better. You need to be in the room. Tickets are available at na.gcuc.co. Hope to see you there. Yeah. And, and you even find- if you don't know them, just go yeah. in and meet them. Absolutely. You find that entrepreneurial community, and I mean that in the broadest sense of entrepreneurial. Yeah, you find your prof- a professional network friendly people and the great thing mm-hmm. about climbing is it's just it's another form of community we, we all belong to lots of types of community climbing is a is a international network just like co-working hubs i can, I I can travel to different yeah. places and i'll meet climbers and have something yeah. in common and uh, find a connection and go and have fun with them you know it's just the yeah. same if i walked into a co-working hub started talking to them about different projects i'd find something fun to talk about and yeah, yeah i love good. that so since we've since we've got someone that's been around for around co-working for a long time, I'm curious about some of your thoughts in regard to where you think co-working is is really doing well right now. Like what are some of the things that are really exciting you about co-working in the future? Mm, that's a great question. I think what is really doing well right now is people's awareness about the fact that this thing called co-working and even the option of flex flex space exists and the conversations mm-hmm. around the future of work, where people work, how they work, when they work, that flexible model. I think like it's a really important leverage point. We we are now got enough uh, examples of co-working infrastructure the business model of co-working hubs has progressed it's advanced the tools that co-working hubs can use to run their businesses and support their customers has has advanced the technology is there the customer pipeline is strong people's awareness is strong 
So I think that's all really exciting, you know, certainly compared to, you know, 15 plus years ago when it right. just wasn't at all. So we're in a different place now. I think the challenge is, if I, I'll just jump ahead to a question. Yeah, we great. Had yeah, that was next. Well, like, <laughs> well, the, the challenge is that there is going to be, I perceive, there's going to be a lot of space available in the world. And a lot of people going, come and fill my space. And it doesn't matter whether that's office space, a hotel lobby, a bank. You know, people want footfall because they own premises. Mm-hmm. And space, space is space, you know, but community is a different thing. So how you create community, who you invest time and energy in, what's the attraction point? How do you get people to come to your space versus all of the other free options that are out there? I mean, that was the same before COVID came along and people were like, totally. come to my place and I'll give you free beer on a Friday. It's just a bribe. You know, it does work for some people. Um, <laughs> so I think we're going to be competing with a whole um, change in the marketplace and use of space over the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. And as people experience coming back out into the world, enjoying face-to-face events and trying to navigate with themselves, their families, or the people they live with and their employer, where, when and how they work. That is going to take time to play out. And there's going to be short leashes, you know, leadership styles that take, you know, take a short leash. You will get in the office point of view and other mm-hmm. people will go, I'm cutting that. Thanks very much. Bye. I'm out of here. Don't, don't you yank my cane. Yeah, it's interesting. I've been bantering with quite a few folks on LinkedIn lately who are like, you know, people have to go back to the office. They're not productive outside the office. And I was like, no, things have irrevocably changed. Mm -hmm. We now have choice. And one of Mm -hmm. our choices is we don't want to go back to your soulless, stale office. Mm -hmm. And I think that people are like, oh, but they need to, but they have to. And it's like, "Mm, no, no, they don't. Things have changed. Things have and, and it is, you know, flexibility is now coming up really high and a lot of results as, what, as to what people want, right? They don't want to be told where to go. They want to go wherever it works for them. And I yeah. do think, you know, my hypothesis is that a bunch of people are going to self-select into co-working because co-working, I believe the differentiation generally is that co-working believes and tries to build community. Exactly. And it's a really hard thing. And I mean, you're a great teacher of it. I, I am, I am not. I mean, it's a hard thing to build community, and you can't buy it. You got to build it, and that makes it really difficult. And I do think, I, I think there's going to be before there's a glut of space. I think there's going to be a big lack of space. Oh yeah. I, I think because so many people are choosing flexibility. I think like what we're seeing in London, where it's like ninety percent occupancy all over the city. I think we'll start to see that more and more where people self-select into co-working spaces. All the co-working spaces are full. So then they're going to go to subpar space that's called co-working. And then they'll be like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't like co-working, which is something yeah. we've seen before. Pre-pandemic, there was a lot of space and people were like, oh, I went to one space. It didn't work for me. And what they don't know is there's so many options out there. You need to try a lot of different things. I think co-working spaces are going to be full and there won't be enough of them. And then it'll flip to too much space, right? And, and and as it goes and evolves and the market changes and flexes, but we've never been in this position before where we're coming out of a global pandemic. And I think it's right for a big disruption. 
Yeah, it is a disruption. What happens with property, various types of property is being disrupted. Uh, It's going to take time for uh, the lease, you know, people who've got various leases, whether that's a shop, a restaurant, premises, office premises. There's a big change in, I, I, I believe there's going to be a big change within the property portfolios that are being held and what those use cases are. And that's not going to happen in two years. It will take five, no. 10, 15 years. But in 20 years time, we will look back at these at the beginning of the 2020s as a massive disruptor. Massive. Totally. Totally. And yeah, real estate is such a large behemoth. It is so slow to change. I keep referring to it as a small, a slow car crash. It's just <laughs> like you're just starting to watch it, you know, head towards each other. So my next question is, what are a couple of things that you think co-working needs to double down on in order to continue to thrive? Ooh. Hmm. Well, it always needs to double down on the client's experience. Mm. And and in you know differentiate differentiate yourself from flexi work hubs or the nice independent cafe that's convenient. Build a professional community. That is why people mm. are coming to workspace. They're not going to you know a, you've got to build the relationships between individuals. It's as simple as that. Otherwise, I can work from a van. What what's going to stop me just hanging right. out with a climbing a climbing community in my van? For instance, just as one <laughs> example, but all my home and uh, the local co-working hub here, what's going to get me in there? I've got to get in and then stay in. And what's drawing me back? So it's got to always, that's not changed. It's got to stimulate me professionally and emotionally, that network. Mm-hmm. What else is? What else do people need to focus on? Well, you've got to make sure the Wi-Fi and the coffee is nice, don't you? <laughs> always. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Simple. They're- I don't, know that, I don't know that anything's people. changed. Is. Well, yeah, what do you, what it's very important. Changed? It's very important that you have great coffee. Great I, there's coffee. actually a co-working space that shall not be named that has literally horrible coffee. It has notes of, are you ready? Grapes and chocolate. Oh. It's horrible. And I literally don't go there because their coffee is bad. And that's my personal choice, right? That's mm-hmm. my personal preference. I don't like chocolate grape coffee. But, <laughs> you know, I also think... Yes, those are standard. You have to have great Wi-Fi. You have to have great coffee. You have to have a backup to your Wi-Fi. So if your Wi-Fi goes down, you've got a backup. But whereas those used to be things to lead with on your website, I think now it's more critical than ever, which you alluded to before. Like, sure, everybody's got free beer or coffee or whatever. Those are no longer differentiations. Like you Mm -hmm. need to know who you are and what you have to offer. And you have to be able to articulate that on your website because that is your calling card. That is where they're going first. And also, if you're not in the U.S. anyways, if you're not paying attention to your Google reviews, you are missing out because Mm -hmm. people definitely look and read those. And, you know, there isn't a, you know, trip advisor for co-working, right? There isn't like somewhere so you know google reviews is kind of where a lot of people go so i so think then that- maybe we could encourage co-working owners uh, business owners to if they know that they're delivering a good thing actually just pay attention it's that it's always filling up the you know the the um, a, 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 ah speak speaking english the a glass jar full of marbles and once you've got the core things correct it's about filling filling up the gaps with the sand so mm. how do you get those next five good Google reviews? Because let's face it, no one looks beyond the first five reviews. Right. 
who, who could you squeeze from your community to give you to give you those next five reviews and put them down there it is the little things that make a difference but we're always totally. so busy thinking about the big things and you've got to think about the big things and you've got to think about the little things mm. yeah one I, come, of the I things. come back I think I was thinking about the what's changed since the pandemic um given that there is going to be lots of different types of space available over the next decade in different ways and people competing for footfall um I think that making stronger strategic partners of other people's networks is going to matter so as a co-working mm-hmm. hub we have always tried to you know uh, help our members connect with other professional networks or professional events that are going to strengthen them and their business and their mm-hmm. career it's it's a professional network that we're providing within a physical space um, and i think deciding who you want to partner with and how you add value to other people's networks and those networks add value to your network and strengthening those ties I think that is a critical factor yeah I think that's a really great call out very good um okay so now a fun question that you Mm. might be anticipating if you've ever listened to my podcast but you may not and I would I'm very excited to hear this um so Claire Carpenter You've got a lot of incredible experience and you've been a lot of places and you've done a lot of things, but what is your superpower? Uh, my superpower I've discovered in the last year is ADHD. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Tell me more. Wow. It's interesting when people use the same adjectives to describe you over many years, you go, oh, maybe that's who people think I am. They think I've got high energy and lots of ideas mm. and lots of drive and lots they use the word passion and innovation and uh, charisma and mm-hmm. I work hard and I'm kind and supportive and all of those things. And then if you look at a different list, the medical list, <laughs> the medical list goes, ah, oh, okay, all of those things fit into having ADHD. Right, okay. <laughs> so my superpower has, I suppose, been an ignorance of that spectrum, blind determination and drive. And I have valued learning more about ADHD and going, oh, maybe that's why I quite cry quite easily. I'm quite emotive as a person. As you know, passion comes with positivity mm-hmm. as well as depth. So yeah, I think ADHD, I'm going to claim that as my my new superpower. I didn't know I had before I was 48. <laughs> Well, you know, I think that's awesome. And I love that you're talking about it. Um, you know, there's a lot of really incredible minds out there that that are ADHD. And I think as somebody that studies the future, I think in the future, it's going to be seen as this huge differentiator that's very positive. I think if you're normie, they're probably going to be like, oh, you're normal, you know, where now they're like, Oh, your kids on the spectrum. Oh, my kids on the spectrum. Right. I think it's, you're tapping into other parts of your brain. You're lighting up different stuff. You're thinking in a different way. I Mm -hmm. think in the future, it's going to be seen as a huge positive trait to have. And I'm not saying it's not now. I think it'll be exponentially considered Mm -hmm. this like, Oh, good. Mm. I think I well I hope that's the case but um I mean in the UK ADHD is a recognized disability we use that term I think it's an um, ability it's an it is an ability but it is also yeah. a disability if you don't understand yourself well enough um and have 
the tools and systems we, we, you know as as a as mm-hmm. a human being we learn through life I, I we believe in our organization and I certainly do about working with your strengths so if my mm-hmm. strengths are a b and c let mm-hmm. me flourish in those areas and reduce the type of activity that I'm struggling with um, or I'm just not very good at because if I'm using my strengths I'm going to excel mm-hmm. confident uh, sometimes and um, yeah I'm just going to do a good job you've got to balance those play overplaying your strengths with them becoming a weakness so lots of ideas and passion the difference with that or the negative of that is having uh, too many ideas and driven to distraction and uh, just keep running and running and running and burn yourself out so how mm-hmm. do you manage that and that's about um, people understanding themselves well enough their strengths their weaknesses and putting mm-hmm. those systems of support in around them yeah yeah and i'm really glad to see that like a lot of people are focused on designing for neurodiversity um, i think that, that that's really important for operators to be looking at as more and more people are diagnosed and yeah. you know we really need to look at are our spaces set up to yeah. be accessible to all yeah yeah i know that this year we're going to be getting a a sort of diversity assessment inclusion and diversity assessment of our new physical space we, mm. you know we will have been there for two years I can't believe it in a couple of months time because we, we moved during the pandemic left, wow. left the mothership that we'd been in our humble first co-working hub and had, mm-hmm. you know tried to grow into different spaces over many years and been impossible in Edinburgh to do so and then yeah managed it during the pandemic but yeah how do we how do we improve on the physical space that we've got as more more and more people are interested in diversity and inclusion mm-hmm. um, how, do we, how do we make it a the right type of habitat for lots of different types of people. Right, right, yeah. Fantastic. Well, Claire, I know a lot of people are going to want to get a hold of you after listening to this podcast. How's the best way for them to reach out to you? Well, I do do LinkedIn and I'm at uh, TMP Claire, Claire with an I and an E. And I'm also available on Calendly if people are interested in having a quick one-to-one with me or a trial coaching session, or I offer also offer free Ask an Expert sessions. Um, you can find find me on Calendly. Um, my name's Claire Carpenter, and I'm with The Melting Pot. I'm sure you'll find it in there somewhere. Yeah, if you just Google that, you'll find her. She's, she's all over. Well, Claire, thank you so much. It was such a gift to have this time with you. And congratulations on starting a new journey. I think you are going to have a really awesome year and I'm really happy for you. Thank you, Liz. Thanks for uh, helping me capture this very unique moment in my 20 years of co-working as well as social innovation social impact it's been it's lovely to have got to know you over the many years along the way and thank you and for anyone's interest it's been been really nice thank you thanks take care y'all and we'll see you on the next juicy podcast Mm -hmm.